Welcome to the Wine and Shuffle, the ICTFC fan podcast, the podcast with more injuries than the Black Knight from Monty Python. On this pod, Queen's Park capitulation, the Arbroath draw, the Kappa lowest point of the season so far, the return of competition time, and yet another special guest. And 28 years worth of ICT reference packed an hour of wild conjecture and mild distraction. You know the drill, let's shuffle. Welcome one and all, I'm, uh, I'm Andrew Moffat and joining me today for this, this podcast um, which is going to be uncharacteristically full of journalistic flair and, and big scoops are Woodward, Andrew Young. Good evening. Bernstein, Stevie Riley. <laughs> Evening. And joining us uh, as our guest panellist for the very first time, probably the north of Scotland's premier sports reporter extraordinaire, Mr Paul Chalk. Oh, Good thanks evening. very much. Thank you, Andrew. Good to join you. And how's, uh, how's things yourself? You were at the, you were at the Queen's Park game. We'll not, we'll not go into that game quite yet, but uh, we'll, we'll ease you in. How, 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 how's things yourself? Are you enjoying your, your return to, to north sport? Yeah, no, it's been it's been good. Andrew, I've been been at the P and J since uh, April twenty twenty one now, and um, when I came in, I was kind of given mainly the the reins of following Cali Thistle. I do some Ross County as well, um, but mainly mainly Cali Thistle. And I, I came in at a time, um, you know, just at, at the end of last season after when Dodsey and uh, of course Neil McCann uh, had combined uh, towards the end of the season, and, and that looked a really promising spell. Of course, going in, um, and then of course Dodsey got the the job didn't he from, from that point and uh, a lot has happened since since then but uh, no it, it has been been good it's been eventful um, it's been a, a roller coaster and it's, it's been great listening to the Wine Shuffle and hearing the, the reaction of the, the, the fans the highs and, and lows and you, you always get a kind of honest kind of take on, on how things are uh, uh, what the kind of the mood music is around around the the, the terraces and the stands, and um, I know that we're recording this one at a, a difficult time with, with five um, you know results that haven't gone their way. And um, how how many years have you been in um, been in football? Been in sort of north north sport? Well, funnily enough, my, my first ever game. I, I come from the East End of Glasgow, and my first ever game just happened to be that go ballistic game. It was I okay. was. Uh, yeah, at, at the Highland News at the time, and um, I was a trainee news reporter, and um, the sports editor, the then sports editor, was in holiday, and then of course the uh, they, they asked if I would go down and that for the original game where the guttering came off, so I did that, and then the replay I think was uh, a week on Tuesday as it was after that. So uh, yeah, so back down to my my uh, home city, the, the same side of the city that I'm from, and. Uh, uh, just what a night, what a, an unbelievable night uh, with uh, Pelly's Heroes. And uh, so, yeah, it stretches away back to 2000. So a good a good 20 years in the business then. Eh? Stevie, Andrew, have you two, you two ever been in the paper for anything? A, a court appearance or two, Stevie? Front and back, yeah. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been memorable. That's what all you get. So, move you, on. Andrew? <laughs> uh, no, TV's more my medium. I keep kind of popping up. It's stupid <laughs> kind of. Uh, I had no context there, but not so much the papers. I remember the Courier used to routinely use uh, an image of me hurling obscenities at some county fans 
Um, it used to it used to pop up all the time. One time they used it to uh, advertise a competition to win a family day. <laughs> yeah. so. I remember it. Yeah, he's talking <laughs> the old boy with the giving the fingers to Vigors. That always pops up now and then, doesn't it? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good that's one. Always tested the test of time. That one. Okay, right. Uh, in order of chalky, uh, before we kick on with the. Uh, with with uh, Cali Thistle related football stuff, which is you know, let's be honest, we're not looking forward to it. Uh, so, in honour of Chalky, the return of the headlines. The headlines: Qatari officials demand removal of ostentatious shinies from Panini World Cup sticker albums. U.S. soccer players reported to apply for asylum from relatively relaxed human rights state Qatar. With the Premier League on hold for a month, Malky Mackay rumoured for Qatari national team manager. And Hamilton supporters become the first fan group to stage a stay-away protest before dropping to the bottom of the table. Those were the headlines. You got no soul, you rubber bumpers! Spit that! Well, well, well. Time to play the game! Uh, the game, our new opening section when we talk exclusively about the most recent match before moving on to some of the key players and moments from the, the past few weeks. Um, so, you know, let's let's start while uh, well, it's fresh in the memory. Queen's Park 2, Cali Thistle 1 and a level of ire I've not seen for quite some time. Um, supporters not happy, uh, even those who normally would be maybe sort of Dodds fans. Not happy at all. It's not a good performance overall, even though we did take a lead. Very good goal from Billy Mackay. Great pass from Sean Welsh. But um, yeah, the, the one stat that stands out as, as the dust settles, we're recording this the day after, is the 18% per, uh, possession stat, which which is damning, Andrew, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's that sort of statistics not acceptable. Not from any team and not in any match at all. Um, I just I can't understand how it was how it was possible. Really, um, I actually um, thought just to get some context. I thought I tried to think of the most one sided hammering that we've ever experienced that I could think of, and just and, and, and look it up to see what our stats were like in that. And so the one I came up with was that I remember the five 0 defeat at Celtic Park the week before the Scottish Cup final. When um, we dropped most of the first team, started like Carmel Kink and Lewis Horner and players like that. It lost 5-0 going on about 20. Um, even in that game, we had 33% possession, you know. So, you know, that, and I, I barely remember us having a touch then, you know. So God knows how we only managed 18% last night. Um, and it wasn't even as if we were necessarily shelling the ball along the whole time. It looked like we were wanting to build it from the back, but we just turned over possession to them so easily, you know. Mm-hmm. They looked more competitive. They looked like they wanted it more. They looked fitter, you know, just all these things. It was it was as bad as I remember. Yeah, I mean, j- just on that, I mean, I, when you're watching the game sometimes, you know, you, you, you realise, obviously, the, which team's on the front foot, who's bossing the game. Uh, Owen Coyle said even in the first half, despite Cali Thistle going in with the, the lead, it was 79% possession, um, which, you know, we, we were looking at each, each other, we didn't realise that it, it quite panned out like that. He was very comfortable with the fact that despite his team were 1-0 down, that they were going to have enough quality to turn it around. And what a start to the second half it was, you know, Cali Thistle pinned back, it was corner after corner. And, you know, we've seen the, the errors from the, the Morton game, which... Billy Dodds has spoken about in the players 
Um, and then there was uh, Carson's error in the Arbroath game as, as well. And you sit at halftime thinking, no, they'll, they'll be okay. You know, there's been no glaring errors. Okay, they're, they're in real trouble and they'll have to they'll have to kind of defend stoutly. But nah, Queen's Park were on the front foot and they played the better football throughout. And that's something that Billy does. You know, he, he couldn't say anything other than that at the end of the game. They just, they obviously, the Coyle said to look, they don't have any natural fullbacks. They just spread the ball from side to side, hit both fullbacks. I think it was all coming down Delaney's side to begin with, wasn't it? And um, it was just, Andrew said the pass in the back as well. I mean, we weren't overplaying it. We just, it was just, we were fizzing balls into guys who couldn't, couldn't control the ball and they were on us from the, the outset. But second half was as bad as I've ever seen us play. And that's the thing. I, I can take a defeat. And I said to you boys before recording, to go down without putting a glove on them is it's embarrassing. There's no no fight yesterday, no leadership. And that's worrying. I think he's, he's, hard, to, he's hard to teach that. You can't train that. You've got to have that from within. Did you do the, did you speak to the manager post match, Paul? Yeah. Um, um, you know, looking at the reaction from what Dodsey said after the game, you know, I think the fans are really annoyed that he's brought up injuries. You know, again, now it's eight players injured um, and they're probably eight players that you would suggest that in any given week would play. Um we don't have time skills for them. It doesn't look as if I mean Austin Samuels was named in the bench at Morton, but um it turned out that he wasn't he was it was named in the squad, but he didn't even make the bench. Uh, and he's had a setback as well. So uh, Billy does this kind of a couple of times said this squad that he's got with, with without the injured group should be good enough to, to win certain matches in this championship and remain competitive. But he was at pains to point out after that that defeat. Listen. The fact is we have got these eight players missing and it really is tough. And, um, you know, he said it's a, it's, it, it's a fact. It's not a, a myth here, you know, that, and we're going to have to just keep keep going. Spoke to Sean Welsh as, as well after the game and he said it's the, you know, you've got 10, 12 of the same players every week coming out having to do a job, you know, because the young lads with the best will in the world can't go into that high pressure environment and be expected to deliver the performances so um, yeah it, it's tough but I can see it from both sides because obviously the supporters are hearing Billy Dodds week after week talk about injuries he at the same time is saying well it's you know I'm not making it up the guys are <laughs> they're not coming back anytime soon and until January nothing can be uh, improved I'm I'm in the fence. I'm Switzerland here, right? I I don't know which way to go. I mean, last night I was going to the yeah, I was I was going to go with the boo boys. I didn't, but the thing is you've noticed last night a couple of cramps pulled up and because the boys aren't training during the week, they can't and yeah. they share that with us. They're too scared to train. And it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So if you're dogs, do you tell the boys to go all in and training and be competitive? But you can't, you've got to wrap them up cotton rule. I think the fans don't realise that that the boys are based on spin bites all during the week. They're not not training and I think that's causing cramps as well. So I don't know. I'm 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 torn because again, it's not Dodgers' fault. I think the players have got to look at themselves in terms of commitment. I mean that that can't be trained, as I said. So I'm going to be Switzerland all night. I think here tonight, so there will be a, a part. And just on that as well, I mean Billy did say a few weeks ago that he, he had uh, binned the five sides. Is that right, Steve? Aye, I think you were aye. in that press conference, and um, you know because he needed to try and protect the players. But then I think the following week or maybe the Two weeks after that, he said no. He wanted that intensity back. So it's trying to strike the balance. What do, what do you do? You know, you have to have these players sharp for a for a match day. But there's the you can't afford to lose one more player. 
Do you Aye. think that? Do we think that the obviously the performance as a team wasn't good enough against Queens Park? But do you think that the team could have been set up differently? Anyone? I don't know. I'm worried about. That. I mean, is it, is it for? I think Billy McKay's playing slightly behind um, George Oakley. You know, he was playing yeah. kind of four. So, so, uh, so it's kind of not quite four for one one. But I think he's one that drops more. Um, I was wondering about that. I can't really see how else he would set up. Um, well, you could play. You could play Hyde. You could play. You could play three. So you need, yeah, you need, you need to bring Hyde in and drop one of Doran or, or um, either one of Doran or um, Shaw or potentially Oakley. I have to say, I mean, you know, Oakley for me just hasn't he hasn't delivered this season at all. You know, he's had something like five five games in the bounce. You know, and he just um, he doesn't seem to have like the kind of the the quickness of either thought or kind of composure in front of goal. Um, you know, maybe I'm being harsh on him, you know, but it just it seems that he's, he's posed very, very little threat. Um, but we don't have any other options at the moment. You know, I think Samuels would be right back in there if he was, you know, if he was fit, I think, because of his pace and because he can also play that wider role. Um, but the, the injuries have robbed us of really specific qualities. You know, we've, we've no pace in the wide areas anywhere because neither Sean nor Doden is a quick player. Neither of them are aggressive players, which means that a lot of them are kind of like we're relying on balls being kind of punted in from about 25 yards or something like that because they're not even getting past people. There's not much aggression or presence in the middle of the park either, you know, with them. Um, with, I mean, Welsh is a very, very skillful player and he'll put a tackle in, but he's not going to really dominate players and Harper isn't either. And he's he, only just back from back from injury as well. He though. is as well, yeah, exactly. We don't want him getting injured again, you know, and I think especially when he came, came on against Wraith Rovers, he looked very, very tentative. And then in the centre of defence, um, Max Ram's incredibly inexperienced and Wallstuff, he's just not a sort of dominant leader type player, I don't think. I mean, I think he's done okay in there. But he's not the sort of guy that's gonna he's gonna dominate things like some of the players we've had in the past. So I think it's it's the injuries have robbed us of a lot of the biggest qualities that any team can have. You know, if you could have of all the players that are injured, if you could have one of them back right now, which one would you have back, Steve? Uh, but these these are all dice. I'll go at these. I think see for the just leadership qualities at the back. I think he's a good talker, and he could probably. I think him and Ram. I like the, I like the partnership of that, and obviously Divine to come in there, but. Aye, D's for me, and then Aldice just behind him. I would possibly say, possibly Dan McKay, because for absolutely nothing up front at the moment, you know, it's so so. I, I agree about the Aldice and D's being key players. You know, it's a very hard question. But although we're making, although we're con- conceding daft goals at the moment, with the exception of Morton, we're not conceding a lot, but we're creating next to nothing. So, but see when Dan's on fire, he's on fire. He's a, he's a confident player, you know. Why? I mean, he's yeah, on yeah. fire, he's brilliant. But I think we need a voice in there. Maybe that's where Aldice yeah. would be the one for me. Then it's just. If, yeah, I know, I said, I'm going back to last night again, but it was so quiet though. There's no one shouting, there's no bonus. Uh, Carsten shouts as well and stuff, but I think in the middle of the park, we're missing a voice. But yeah, I Dan thought, McKay, if he's on form yeah. and he's confident, yeah, every day of the week, mate. I thought, I thought Ram was pretty vocal yesterday. Ram was good last night. I thought he was decent. Yeah. Um, uh, did he get, I think he got out uh, jumped for the equaliser, didn't he? I think it was him, I'm sure, for the yeah. header. Um, but the boy was right at the top of him, an uh, English boy, can't remember his name, but. Generally, he was looked alright. A guy that's just come back from injury as well. Murphy, yeah. he's not played a lot of football, so yeah. Promise. I would, I, I would have Samuels. I think I was thinking Allardyce, but I think I would have Samuels because we just need something else at the other end of the park. We need to get up the park more. We need to have some, and, you know, because he's so unpredictable. You know, defenders are scared of him. I would, I, I think we're desperate need of having him back. We need, we're overplaying Billy McKay. I mean, thank Christ we've got him, but I'm just worried yeah. that he's playing too much football because he's got to play every week. I yeah. mean. Even last week against Abroath, he missed. I mean, that Saturday, I mean, he should have scored two or three, but he's always going to get a goal. But I, I just worry that there's no options to replace him, you know, and that's where 
Is he going to get drained? Because if you lose Billy McKay, then we're, we're fucked. So, yeah, it's, that's a worry up there. Yeah, yeah. it's a great question, Andrew, as well. Because straight away, my, my gut feeling, my, my answer to that was Scott Allardyce. I think we hugely, you know, do miss that kind of presence in, in the middle of the park. And Andrew Young spoke about the, the, that kind of middle influence, you know, that, that kind of driving force in the middle. And again, Sean Welsh spoke last night about the fact he is just back. So um, he's not nowhere close to full pelt yet. So um, I would have said him, but having said that, I think you're all right with the answers you've given. It's all about opinions and the three that I had in mind were Allardyce, Dees and Sam, Samuels because when I saw Samuels named in the, the on the team sheet at Morton, I thought this this is great, even if he could come off the bench if it's sitting at 1-1. But given the, the form he was in before he got injured, you know, he could be a, a match winner for Cali Thistle. So it's a real blow that he's he's had another setback. We're going to move on to, we've obviously got the, the Arbrotha and the Morton games and the, the key talking point from those games was obviously Ridgers being dropped um, obviously at half time in the Morton game and then he, he's, he's on the bench for, for the last two matches and we, we've we got a new pod coming out soon with Scott Gardner, with the, the Trust and with Section 94 and I think he goes into some of the the rumours, the rumour mill with regards to the situation. Um, there are some people that suggest that Billy Dodds has lost the dressing room. That's Chalky, you, 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 you're, you're talking to the players. You're talking to Dodds. Is that accurate? We, we, have, we have to ask the question. Yeah, I, I, personally, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. You know, um, I also see the guys in the gym. Uh, you know, um, as well, and uh, you know, he's got the, the backroom staff there that um, I've been speaking to in, in recent weeks, and uh, Fraser Gorman, the analyst. You know, so I've, I've had a wee insight of speaking to different members of staff, you know, and, and not just the, the players. And I haven't seen any kind of cracks behind the scenes, but um, the, the Mark Ridgers, Cami Mackay incident, because it happened, you know, when it did. And it was so prominent, you know, live in TV, you know, and maybe with with hindsight, Billy didn't do himself any favours. Billy does by saying that it's a private matter, Aye. you know, live live on TV, because then that kind of everyone who maybe doesn't follow Cali Thistle are saying, well, what's happening here? There must be a real rift at Inverness. And that's why maybe straight after the following game, you know, Billy came out and just um, you know, he wanted to put the record straight that yeah, there was a disagreement between him and Mark Ridgers. Uh, Mark feels that it's harsh that he, he was put out of the team. Um, you know, the feeling is that you know outfield players make mistakes. Goalkeepers are only human as, as well, and um, you know he has made a couple of kind of um, costly ones lately. But Billy feels that uh, Cammy's in a position now with this experience that there's nothing between the two keepers. Anyway, so it was time for Cammy to come in just as he would change an outfield player as well. But in terms of the, the overall thing, Andrew, no, I haven't seen anything, but we'll be, we'll be keeping tabs on it. I think with that, Chalky and I think made it worse. Remember the beat before when Mark made a mistake and he sent Cam out to warm up? That's for the conspiracy yeah. theory start there as well. I don't think there's a rift. I think, I think you'll see Mark come back in for the cup game against Dunland probably, and you might see him retain it. I think, I think it could be a little... More maybe one more game and then he's back in, but um, yeah, I don't think it's a massive rift there. But again, I think it's chalky. Said. I don't think Billy done himself favours by the no comment type of thing. Cause that just yeah fuels the flames, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. 
and dropping it, yeah, taking a player off at half time when you're already three 0 down. It's not going to make any difference. We're not calling calling three goals back, so it can yeah. only be interpreted as a sort of a, a public reprimand. And a lot of players are going to resent that. You know, he's still the best goalkeeper in the division, in my opinion. Still the best goalkeeper. So um, he'll be back in soon enough. What about the Arbroath draw, the one-one draw? We obviously were spanked by Morton, and then you expect a bit of a bounce back from that. But again, it's just a point when we really needed three, and the manager really needed three. Um, but we did create a lot of chances in this match. Was was this an improvement? And, and how did Cammy Mackay get on in his in his in his first start of this well first league start of the season? Well, I mean, we could score at three or four. I think and Billy Mackay said that to us last week. He had a, a bad day at the office, didn't he? But I mean, we're talking the Morton game as well, but. Morton, we played actually all right. This wasn't like the thistle away. We played actually all right at Morton, although we were spanked. And I think against Abros, we should have won and we had the chances to, which is good. It's just the drop off from Abros to Queen's Park's the one that worried me because I thought we'd kick on. But yeah, Billy McKay said to us in the press that, yeah, he should have taken his chances and he does it the week after. It's just, it's, there's no consistency at the moment. You know, it's, it's not one pattern of mistakes or errors. It's just a combination of different things, which is. Frustrating, but Chalky, you were there. You, I thought Cam McKay from Highlights played all right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, there, there, was, there was nothing alarming about his performance. He was pretty steady, and um, I agree with Billy Dodd said. You know, the, the fact that Cammy is now he's like twenty five uh, years old. He's not a young keeper anymore. And then the, the the game for me that showed his class. I was actually um, watching the game from the, the North Stand last season. It was um, on holiday, but took it in anyway. It was the Dunfermline game where Cali Thistle won 2-0, I think Austin Samuels got the second goal from memory. But Cammy McKay that day was terrific uh, because Dunfermline 1-0 down, had a real, real goal and he, he pulled off several saves and his performance that day uh, told me that he was ready to step in any any given time and, uh, and then Samuels went on to clinch it uh, with, with the second goal. So, uh, you know, I just think he's... Um, yeah, from that point of view, I think Billy's very uh, fortunate to, to have two keepers like that. But following on just from Stevie's point briefly, you know, it's, apart from air um, due to one man in particular up, up front, the um, you know everyone's cutting each other's throat, throats in this league, and it's the only thing that Cali Thistle have got in their favour at the moment is during these injuries they've not been cut adrift. But of course, whether to lose um, next Saturday against air nine points is. That's a big margin. Okay, let's talk about Morton very briefly. Sadly, uh, we were at this game anyway, weren't we? Yep. <laughs> it was bloody awful. Uh, just It was just a sort of disaster all around, you know. It's Friday night games we used to be, and we used to be good in televised Friday night games. I don't know what happened here, you know. Um, I mean, as Stevie says, we, we played some decent stuff in the middle. You know, we, we, we there was some quite nice kind of interplay in the middle of the park, but the defence looked absolutely panic-stricken, you know, for the whole of the first half. Um, and that, okay, you can maybe argue that that's, well, Dees is injured. It's the first time probably that Duffy and Ram, I think, have partnered up in the middle or started a game together. So that is going to make them sort of nervous. Um, obviously, David Carson's head has had a pretty bad couple of weeks, but with the own goal in this one, and then that appalling header that, you know, the following week that gave away that they are both getting goal. Um, but, you know, the... Um, this mistake, obviously, the mistake for Cami, I think, probably from sorry, uh, from Richards, probably sets the tone, and immediately, you know, the defenders are starting to panic. Um, the de- penalty looked a penalty to me; it looked clumsy. You know, obviously, there's a personal goal. There was another one where someone was through. I can't remember, but the defence were just all over the place, and, and Martin were just kind of bustling through. And one of the scary things about that is that Morton aren't prolific. 
they're only like the sixth highest scorers in the league. So although they've been good under Emery, you know, us shipping four goals to them is is pretty worrying. Because, I mean, Partick, although they've been even worse than us recently, do have a lot of danger going forward. But Morton aren't a prolific team. They're not a free-scoring team. And yet they look like, you know, they could have had uh, five or six against us. So it was it was bad. The Norseman was good beforehand, of course. <laughs> Just uh, mentioned Partick there. You know, we, we think we think things are bad. We, we could be Partick, you know. Ah, yeah, the wheels have come off there, haven't they? Massively. I mean, that's great. I, mean, I still think they're probably the best team in the league. And yeah, it's just what a fall from grace the last two, two months have been. And do you know when that all started? It was when I was in the press box the, the night of Cali Thistle v Partick. And I said, I tell you this, tell you this, guys, this title is between the two Thistles. <laughs> it was <laughs> happened since then. <laughs> Are people just uh, uh, as an aside are, are, are some Park Thistle fans calling for McCall's head? Oh, yeah, yeah. massively. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, they they, 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 they they shut the house a lot for quicker than their fans, and, and they're, they're, they're going for them now, especially yeah. after last week, 2 0 up at half time, losing 3 2. Okay, uh, let's cover the, the last um, the other three matches we haven't looked at yet, very briefly. Uh, back to the 22nd of October, a 1 1 draw at home uh, to Wraith, an early goal. For his Wraith Rovers, but Bobby Dees with a power header, a thing of class to equalise before he breaks his leg, and it's doubtful we'll, we'll see him again this season. For it to end like that was horrific because it was such, a, it was one of his best performances, if not his best performance in a Cali Thistle jersey. He was outstanding. Uh, there was no other candidate for man in the match uh, that afternoon, and um, for it to end that way it was just heartbreaking. And yeah. is, is he done for the season? Is he done, Steve? No, I, I, I don't, don't take this as gospel, but it's a clean break, which by all accounts is better for obviously for the healing process. But I don't think anyone sees out season, mate. I think he's, he won't see him for a couple of months, three, four months, but he might get him back March time, maybe. But it's it's a lot better than the first thought. I mean, at first, I didn't think of the light break. That's why the, the whole farce with the, the stretchers, he said he was fine, and then he collapsed again, and people are shouting for a stretcher. But I think it was his own fault for saying he was fine. But Contact Scott, and that's all I know. It, it's a clean break, and yeah, we have started. I suppose the only silver lining is that um, because he's broken his leg, nobody will come in for him in January. It's <laughs> always that. Yeah. You know. um, sorry, Robbie. Uh, Tuesday, 18th October, 1 0 uh, loss at home to Hamilton. And if we had won that game, we would have gone top. How, how things change, Andrew? Desperately disappointing to you know finish up a five-game winning run like that. Um, I'm assuming that Billy McKay must have had a knock because he was benched for that, and um, Oakley played up front with like Doran playing behind him. Um, and you know that that is going to make a big difference, I think. Um, and again, the midfield I think was Hyde and Harper. So again, you're losing that. You're losing that sort of experience. You're losing that physical presence, I think. Um, and then Dan McKay limping off and not coming back kind of puts the tin lid on it. But it just sounded like that. Again, there's been an awful lot of games. I don't think we've dominated a team no. in a single game this season. You know, and I know as as, as Paul was saying. Um, it's a very, very kind of even league in a lot of respects. Teams are taking points off each other. But a team of pretensions to kind of going up, I think, should be able to have games occasionally where they really dominate. You know, like we did against Morton last season in that 6-1 game. And I just think in, in these games against the Ham- Hamilton and our growth, we're allowing them to kind of get far too much, you know, possession. They're allowing them to create too much as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, I just it's, it, it's disappointing. You know, it, it feels like uh, maybe the team don't quite have that sort of absolute kind of fire in their bellies when it comes to kind of thinking about right we're on top now we're going to we're going to stay here I said it in the last pod I think I said that's with a banana skin Hamilton which proved right but Cove and Air were worrying because although we won those games Air we got battered right and we stole three points 
I thought we were pretty poor against Cove. We got the goal. We were winning games ugly, and that was the thing. Yeah. We, we spoke about it in pods. We were even in that good run. And Dodge said it as well. We weren't playing at full potential, but I thought we were still in points up until the Hamilton game, and that was coming. Um, Air was, I mean, Air hit the bar. I mean, they, they, it could have been 4 5 1. So, yeah, um, Hamilton at home always seems to be a tricky one for us. But, yeah, I think we were, we were due a defeat because we'd, we'd be still in points, as I said. You mentioned Cove there, 15th of October, our last win. That was a nice little. That was a nice little trip to the middle of nowhere, wasn't it? Um, uh, I thought yeah. it, f- it felt like. I thought it was a terrible place to watch football. Uh, it felt like a pre-season trip to a Highland League team, didn't it? Trying to trying to get trying to get out the ground was uh, that was that was that was good still in taxi and stuff, but that's a different story, off. But um, <laughs> I um, again, that was when Allardyce obviously went off, and uh, we know how serious Andrews now been. But I thought we're poor then. I mean, I think Cove were great, but I mean. Cole had a goal disallowed, didn't he, early in the first half? Uh, Shut Shea Logan up for giving his uh, shush to the fans. That got it right up him. But yeah, I didn't think we were great at all. I think Cove were all right. But again, it was falling off from here, mate. I think that that part was emerging where we were winning ugly. And we probably had quality players to win ugly. But then we start losing them. Then we obviously found out against Hamilton. But yeah, it seemed like a lifetime ago that victory, doesn't it? And we met Richard Gordon. He was nice. We did. Big Dickie was there. Yep, that's right. How did you find him? Very pleasant chap, professional. Good. Yep. Um yeah, had his Aberdeen scarf on underneath his cove jacket, probably. But um I should yeah. say P and J columnist, you know, as well. So. I do, yeah, okay. Yeah. I I I like Richard Gordon. I mean we're, we're, we're segment off here, but he's a mess to the Saturday sports sound because uh who's the boy that does Kenny McIntyre yeah, is terrible. Oh, yeah. terrible. But um I at least he's still getting on a Sunday midweek, so happy indeed. Day. Okay, uh, up next, uh, a wee sneak preview of Scott Gardner. For McDonald, I'm the castle, Liverness men, Weechies, Hustle, Jenny Heavers, CCTV, PC's Pizzas, Tudis, City, Farland Park, the Library, Spectrum Centre, Molly Story, Collie Thistle, the Golden Mile, Music Centre, Matalag. Okay, we recently sat down, we meaning us, with uh, Jennifer from the Supporters Trust and with Dan from Section 94 and with uh, Cali Thistle CEO Scott Gardner. Um, we asked for lots of questions from everybody, all the listeners, all the members of the two groups, and um, we put them all together, and we just put all the questions to him, and he answered them all, and we've got uh, that podcast, if it's not out right now, it'll be out very, very soon. And here's a wee sneak, sneak peek of uh, what he was talking about. Yeah, so one of the questions we've had, again, from a few people uh, on CPO, um, was about given the fact that you know we've got our kind of extending tenure in the championship you know kind of five six seasons and counting how long can the kind of current level of squad investment continue is it foreseen that at some point you're going to have to cut the playing budget again or do you think you can kind of you know sustain that if we didn't have red john and we didn't have the battery fund then absolutely it'd have to be cut like as quickly as it could be cut because it would it would not be feasible unless someone else came in and said I'm going to put in between five and eight hundred thousand pounds a year um, to keep uh, to keep things at the current rate. So that's it's a straightforward. If we don't if we don't, there are other things on top of Red John and on top of Intelligent Land, but as they have not at that. They're not at the tickly bit yet, then I can't go into them. But we require that amount of, of external investment 
for us to be competitive, uh, good enough to get to, to win the league or to get promoted and and not uh, to lose money. So that and, and and you listen, a run in the cup can make a difference, you know. A run well the Scottish Cup, not any other cup, but a run in the Scottish <laughs> Cup would make it would make a difference. When that money really starts to come in, do you envisage possibly even increasing the budget for next season, or is that um, is that over optimistic? Well, what, what are we? We're a football club, eh? so and we want to give our fans what what the best possible experience and the best possible team. So, but there's a balance there between um, if if we achieve what we. Uh, are trying to achieve. The balance is that you set the club up uh, in perpetuity so that you, you invest properly uh, within the infrastructure uh, externally that keeps a churn of revenue into you. And that, but that it also allows you to increase the, uh, the budget to the manager to give them that little bit of quality to get out of this division. And also you invest the money to give the fans a better experience. So, but, but we can't forget that we're a football club and we're, we've got to be the best we can be. But what, the opposite of that is you piss it up against the wall and uh, you're buying a whole lot of guys that you can't afford in two years' time. So it's a balance. So it's got to be well run, um, but make, just get us out of this damn division, right? Yeah. So that's our, uh, uh, but not bust us by doing it. Um, Instagram, Scott, so I'm going to get you to put your Billy Dodds uh Three-quarter length Puma jacket on here with some football-related questions. Um, which positions, in your opinion, need strengthening in January? I know we've got massive injuries, so you're hoping current boys coming by, but if you could strengthen out with the current team, what would be your positions and why? I think uh, it all depends on the injuries. I mean, I think we need... We said at the beginning, we targeted... We thought we did well in the summer. We thought we targeted the areas that we, we needed to target. Um I think some. I think some supporters would disagree with that, Scott. Well, it's possible. No, that, that's okay. That's it's football. That's okay. But we targeted the areas um, that we thought we needed strengthening. Um, we thought we strengthened them. It doesn't always work out, Andrew. It doesn't what you know. There's plenty. There's plenty of teams bringing players. They think they're the very ticket, and then they maybe turn out that they're not. So that can happen in football and. And also loads of fans. I've got different opinions from John Robertson on players in our team. I've got different opinions from Billy Dodds on players in our teams. And we regularly have um, not ding-dong battles about it, just to be uh, topical or less felt. But we'll have, we will have right, you know, full and frank discussions. Um, look, you always need goals, right? You always need goals. So you're, look, you're thinking, right, we need more goals. You can never get enough goals. Uh, and you want to shut up shop uh, at the back, and you want more creativity. So there's, there's probably we'd look at all three areas. Um, if all of our wingers were fit on the first of January, would we be looking to bring in another winger? Maybe, maybe, maybe one, but maybe not. You know, it's it's a, that one you could talk about all night because it, because. You sign players and sometimes it works. Sometimes it takes longer as well. I, I, I've been at clubs where there's been players that, you know, for the first three, four, five months, they've been an absolute disaster. And then all of a sudden, they became something else. That happens too. People are travelling a long way. 
uh, or they set them up here, or they're on their own, or they have a girlfriend, or they fell out with a girlfriend, or they don't have a wife, or they fell out with their wife, um, or they miss their kids. Or they miss... There's all sorts of reasons why some people don't do well in Inverness. Our, our intention is to do exactly what we did last season and would be to improve in January. That would okay. be our intention, but I couldn't say there, there, and there. But our intention would be to improve for a budget that we could afford. Um, Dan, you know, Dan, and, then, and then have Dan, a let's, uh, let's bring you in here, Dan. I've not heard from you for a little bit. What's what's the the young team's opinion on on some of the signings and and where would you where what's the general opinion of where you would like to see us strengthen in the areas that that, that, that you think we require? Uh, Look, I'll not no necessarily be able to give an opinion uh, for everyone in the session, obviously. Personally, uh, I was quite happy with the window. And um, I think without the injuries that we have had, and that's not just this season, that's at the end of the playoff campaign. Uh, we ended up obviously with Shane Sutherland and Tom Walsh injured. Without those injuries, I think we'd be comfortably at the top of the league. I think that's the main problem with the squad at the moment is the fact they're injured. It's not, I think that's what the lack of form is, rather. It's not uh, the players we have, it's the players we have that aren't getting on the park because they're knackered, they're finished. So, personally, I was very happy with the window. Uh, the players that have come in have looked good for the most part, but there is a, a problem position that I can, can identify, and I think a lot of people say, uh, can you explain why we haven't signed a right-back since Sean Rooney? Well, we did because we signed Wallace Duffy. Uh, who's a right back, right? Who's a right back at St Johnston, who can play right centre half, because Duffy was signed to replace Rooney. Right? Make no make no bones about that. Was Duffy was his big athletic boy, good age, uh, came through uh, Rangers and Celtic uh, academies, um, uh, very very highly thought of. A lot of people would argue whether Rooney was a good right back or not, and I'm and I love Rooney, but you know what I mean. He's not your conventional, you know. Some days Sean was unbelievable. Some days you could just open the door, and he would just gallop at the door, or he'd be foaming at the mouth at a referee. Stevie, you're um, gonna take you're gonna take that. You you just, you, you love him. I'm looking I'll, at I'll, him exactly. I'll, yeah, I'll, he's, I'll man, tonight, he's, yeah. he's hugging him when we're all broken hearted. He's hugging him. Ah, yeah, I remember that. And, oh, I'll Sean, get, okay. we're going to miss you. Well, I need my fleet with comps there, Scott, but I'll get him to phone you tonight. But no, I get your point. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, but but Sean, no, Sean, Sean deserves everything he gets. He worked very hard, uh, thanks to Inverness. He deserves everything he gets. Thanks to John oh. Robertson, he deserves Thank everything God. he gets. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love Sean and I loved his family. I attended his, uh, I went all the way down to Glasgow, I attended his mom's funeral, uh, and his family were amazing. And uh, so I'm kidding on about Sean, but the argument about a player, a right back. So we did sign, we signed Wallace Duffy. Wallace had uh, injuries and then we had injuries inside, so he had to come inside occasionally and play centre-half. When Neil came in, uh, because injured, Neil put Davy Carson at right back. Um, there was loads of people. You know, Davy wasn't uh, thinking he's a right back. Um, on any given day, he might tell you he's not a right back. Um, but he stepped up and just stepped into the to the position. Um, but he's not a traditional right back. And he was, you were taking a lad who'd been a midfielder all these days played 60-odd matches for Blackburn, captain of Blackburn under-23s in the midfield, and then you say, now, now you're a right-back. Neil saw him as a right-back and not a midfielder. Uh, Billy sees him as both. So a right-back could be absolutely one of these positions that we're going to uh, look at, because Davey's so 
um, flexible. Um, you know, he can play centre mid, right mid, right back. Uh, he's going to give you his all no matter what he does in any case and, and he very rarely lets you down. If we signed another right back, that would give us more flexibility. So that maybe goes back to Stevie's point. I don't think it's a problem um, position, but I think it's a fair point to say, you know, we've not had a steady, designated, dedicated right back because Davy has to cover different things, different horses for courses. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point is my thing. As usual with Gardner, um, he he talks a lot. It was a it was a big it was a big edit, but I was impressed with the way that he, when people will listen to the podcast, he doesn't fudge any any of the the questions. And we're talking about difficult questions here, Stevie. You had you had quite a few that you put to him, didn't you? Straight right under the bus with some of my questions. Yeah, um, I, I, I listen. I'm, I don't want to sound like we're, we're sucking sucking up him, but we're not. I mean. The boy does a lot of work for the club. He's, he's he does he puts hours in, and it's not his club. He says that, but yeah, he, he answered the questions. I mean, talking about potential signings, he's he was honest, frank. He went into great detail, great great detail. Um, happy here about Red John. That was good, but um, yeah, it was an eye opener. I mean, it's 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 difficult for a, a guy in his position, but he's he's probably he's at fault, I suppose, not for maybe. Going on about the John the Robbo thing, we, we might not divulge it in this pod, but Robbo's role, I think, maybe having things that like we've done with him last week was promising because I think the club don't do the best at communicating to fans. So maybe this is the start of something that we can make a regular thing. And uh, yeah, fair play, answered all the questions and didn't shirk any, as you said, mate. So it was, it was, it was, it was interesting. Really, I suppose the one thing would just be that I felt slightly more optimistic about the fact that with this this Red John thing that Steve was talking about that popped up a few times, um, it might mean that there's a little more money for you know for the squad. It certainly doesn't sound like the budget's going to be cut any further, you know. And although he didn't commit to it, it felt to me that he was hinting at the fact that there might even be a slight increase in the playing budget, you know. So and I suppose he mentioned about Graham Bennett as well coming in, and he was quite open about Graham Bennett having more local relationships and he was hands up saying like, I don't have the the network that Bennett has and stuff and that, that's something that Grassley can work on um, whether he's joined by someone else we'll see but that's the rumours it could be someone else coming in and if it is it might put some more coffers in the jar along with Red John which I know a lot about now yeah actually that's a good point I, I should have pulled that up as well because yeah I think when I was talking to Jen uh, for the Supporters Trust interview a couple of months back she was saying that she felt that the club's relationship with kind of local businesses and kind of local agencies was was pretty poor and needed to be improved so if getting Graham Bennett in as the first stage in that then that can only be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Paul you, you've obviously you'll have met Scott a number of different times and various different uh, incumbents um, at boardroom level at, at the football club how how have you seen the football clubs sort of changed behind the scenes over the years. Yeah, I, I think you're right in terms of the way um, Scott approaches interviews as well. You know, I, I think he came out of it kind of believing that he's kind of speaking from from the heart. I don't think he's trying to hide anything. And he, I heard him, I've heard him on the wireless shuffle before, and that's exactly how I find him as well. And um, sometimes over the years, you know, the Cali Thistle boardrooms are a place where. You, you know, it, it's hard to get hold of anyone for interviews. Sometimes they they wouldn't come back to you. Um, you know, and you know we're just here to try and really pretty much like what you guys do, just get the message across to the, the fans. That's why we're we're here. Uh, but 
you know, when I came in to, to this, this job last year, you know, Scott was really welcoming from the start. And um, one thing we wanted to do was over the summer, just very much like what you guys do, just sit down and uh, just, you know, go through any kind of topic. And I think the addition of Graham Bennett um, coming back, you know, who's been vice chairman, uh, you know, for about a dozen years before when the club were going through, uh, you know, the in, in the SPL as it was at those times and ground sharing negotiations uh, with Aberdeen. And there was so many complex, complexities to, to that role. Um, but, um, you know, Graham's not wanting to hit the heights of the, within the boardroom again. Uh, he's got his business interests and, you know, um, from Graham's point of view, he he's very much, he's in as a director, he's there to uh, guide, support, listen. But I think those contacts are going to be absolutely yeah. crucial. I think you're absolutely spot on and that's the key reason he's been brought in. Okay, right. Well, uh, in the absence of a player interview this month, uh, we think they're all on lockdown, Stevie, don't we? They're all, yeah, they're all snipped, as you say in Glasgow. Yeah, they're all, uh, yep, they're all, they're all grounded after yesterday. Yeah, they, they, they either, they're either not being allowed to talk to us or they just don't want to talk to us. <laughs> I know, I know. I think yeah, we're not flavouring in a month, I think. So, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, you can't blame them, can you? Um, no. Okay, so talk to me, Paul Chalk. So, Paul, what was your first job in sports journalism and how did you get into it? Yeah, well, it was uh, back in, in the Highland News um, days when I was a, a trainee and uh, the then sports editor, um, Bernard Salmon, he, he left and the, the job uh, came, came up. I think it was quite evident um, that any kind of sports job while I was a trainee news reporter, I, I wanted to do. So, uh, yeah, well ahead of... Uh, uh, schedule, shall we say? Uh, I was able to get the the job moving on to the sports desk at the, at the Highland News, and then um, um, I trained up to be a sub editor as, as well. So uh, you know, designing pages from from scratch as well was, was a big part of that job. And um, you, you know, it was um, uh, part of the Highland News group as it was back then, and um, uh, all kind of, kind of teamed up with the Inverness Courier. Um, and yeah, so it was a really varied role. Uh, we had the Lochaber news back in, in the day as well, so we covered a lot of uh, shinty. And uh, from a football point of view, you know, you've got Fort William, uh, always a talking point. It's continue oh. to be a talking point as well, Fort William, uh, even now, uh, in the North Cali. So yeah, it's been a very varied uh, time over the years, but it all began at the, the Highland News and that. Uh, I think sport-wise, it was around 2000. I used After to do uh, I used to do amateur league reports for Bernard. Oh yeah, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't yesterday. We we're both joining our age here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, a couple of Pelly stories, surely. I mean, uh, we've had a few former players on. I think there's been a few Pelly stories in there, and yeah, they, they fall apart. But there must be some memorable ones that you've seen over the years. I uh, uh, Pe- Pelly. I mean, one of, one of the ones I, I was thinking earlier on about. Um, one of the games I did cover, and you guys might, I'm sure you would have been involved in, in this game um, from the stands as well, was the 
uh, I just jotted down the date earlier on, February the 17th, 2001. Uh, it was a Scottish Cup tie up in Inverness. Was that it? Was that here? Partick, was that Partick, yeah. No, no, that, no, that was it. That was it. That was Scott Parson games, wasn't it? Um, oh, yeah, that was 2002, I think. Um, Not far off with there, though. Kelly? Oh, Kelly. Kelly, Kelly, yeah, Kelly, yeah. yeah. Ah, so it was two stoppage time goals in that yeah. game. Uh, Barry Robson in the 90th minute and Gary Hay. But uh, the story really developed when it, the game went to a replay down in Rugby Park. I think that's the frozen, frozen pitch one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 27 minutes of action. And in terms of uh, Pelly, Pelly was really, really good. He would always come through and do press, but I'd never seen him so angry as he was that night. And um, and I, I was like, you know, and. I had travelled like the rest of the fans down to Kilmarnock and I didn't want to travel to Kilmarnock and not get a word with the manager and there was no sign of any Inverness players. We were waiting inside Rugby Park. So I, I, I kind of headed out of the team bus and the bus was just about to leave. Managed to get Pelly off the bus and, and he came off and uh, he spoke in great depth about how angry he was and he, you know the, the fact that um, he says, you know, they're putting fans' lives at risks you know, coming down the A9 in conditions like like that, you know, with the, and of course it was ice in the pitch, but the, the A9, as you can imagine, uh, you might well remember it was just a whiteout, you know, to fans travelling that distance was ridiculous. But, uh, you know, Pelly was was great press-wise. Uh, probably it was the first Cali Thistle manager that uh, was in charge when I got involved. What was uh, what was your last most recent job as in, what, what, have, you been, what have you been up to this week or? Uh, the, today even uh, today well I was just just travelling back today but I, I suppose I, I was um, putting together other other kind of um, sport the main other thing that I was covering this weekend but remotely was the North uh, Caledonian League's Football Times Cup final um, where Inver Gordon uh, beat uh, St Duthis 3-1 so um, yeah they, making sure that that was in the, the score pull out for Monday and, and online tonight as in Sunday so that was my, my main job and just kind of planning for, for the week ahead really as to, to um, what I want to fall into place They're missing big Tokley aren't they? That's it, St Duthis are going down right, now Yeah, yeah um, indeed what, what's, what's a general week for you look like then? How do you do you arrange access for with the football club to players or managers? Yeah I have to say, um, Liam, who does the, the press, you know, is really good at, at Cali Thistle in, in terms of what I tend to do. And I think, well, the Inverness Courier, Stoke Highland used to do the same as well. We we get in touch and ask for a, a player. And, you know, Stevie Ono is, as well, you know, you're especially now with eight players missing, you're trying to not get the same player right. to too close together so it's like a conveyor belt of who have we not had over the past kind of fortnight I've got that chalky because I'll say in the press do you request a player that we get every week or is that just thrown up no the no the, the the club but the, the club do that in terms of right who's been in the career in P&J so they keep tabs of who's been in the press over the week and they, they give it so that, that's why it was good for example last week to see Billy McKay do a Thursday press conference because mm-hmm. we haven't seen much of Billy on a Thursday and uh, and in fact Will Clark um, from the, the Courier we, we were saying yesterday um, we didn't ask for Billy despite his goal against mm-hmm. Queen of the South because we feel as if we only asked for Billy after a defeat and uh, to be fair he, he done uh, the, the pre-match uh, stuff this week so and, and I, th- I think on Billy I, I was personally delighted for him to, to I know ended in a defeat but you could see the relief when that goal went in 
you know, because what he said on Thursday, yeah, yeah, he was I, obviously chomping it, at the bit, wasn't it was he? exactly what he'd been talking about. But, do, do you yeah. ever get a player and you just think, I'm just getting, I'm getting nothing out of this guy, or do you just, uh-huh. does your heart sink when you go, oh, God, I've got a, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> I've, got, uh-huh. so I've got such and such this week. What what I would say is, you know, you obviously, you know, some people are quieter than others. I mean, notoriously, I mean, this is called the Winus Shuffle. Dennis Winus was uh, notoriously quiet, you know, and when he, um, even after scoring three or four goals, he would come in and not say too too much, you know. There are guys that keep their emotions locked down. But, um, you know, I think it just comes with experience that even if you've got a short interview, you kind you kind of, and you kind of know if you can get the you know two or three kind of enough from the the player, that will give you enough to to cobble together a page lead, which is kind of what the job's all about. Only I need to speak up for Dennis Wenis there. Actually, when we spoke to him, uh, he gave us two and a half hours. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, yeah. He'd been, been storing it up, Andrew. Then. He had, yeah. All kind of came out, you know. By the end, by the end of it, he was lying behind his sofa with his phone plugged into the wall because he had run out of battery, and that was the only place he could do it. That's and, then, and, he, and he said at the end, he said, "Right now, I'm going to disappear again. You won't see me get in for years." And yeah, no one. Honestly, <laughs> Ch- Chalky was like, trying to find Lord Lucan, trying to get hold of this guy's number. Believe me, it was okay. uh, a three months. Uh, Scout for him, but we got him. But I, as I said, he did an interview with him, and uh, he was superb. And I, he was always famously after the Celtic game, but didn't he? All yeah. the press were looking for him, and he was already halfway back along yeah. the road, wasn't he? So, what, uh, one of the ones, one of my favourite recent ones. It's not been published yet, but it will be should be out the middle of this week. Is uh, Adam Rooney, who's at um, Brackley Town yeah. now. So, um, so I've done that for the P and J point of view, obviously, because he was at the Dons as well, and he had a great time at. Aberdeen, but um, you know, uh, it wasn't of a mind to come to Inverness in the first place. And I was actually covering the the tour of Denmark um, oh. um, when when he actually came over when Craig Brewster was in charge, and um, he wanted to fight for his place at Stoke City. Um, and he was just a young lad, and he was he was told in no uncertain terms that he, you know, Stoke were going to Austria, but um, there was going to be no chance for him. He says, "Right, I'm going to go." I've got to go, and he, he, he fl- uh, flew up to Edinburgh, and Craig Bristol and him flew over from Edinburgh. The rest of the team had flown. I, I was on that flight from Aberdeen over to Denmark, and um, yeah, really, he fitted in straight away, and he, he just, you know, and that first season, of course, ended in relegation, um, but then it was the making of the, the player, because uh, we all well remember what he did in the championship. Was it 20? Six goals or something? Chalky, you get, a, you get a lot of characters in football. What's some of... Uh, some of your favourite characters you've come across in the press box? When you're in a press box, you, you kind of rely sometimes on, you know, you need several pairs of eyes right. to, to try and catch things, you know. There's nothing worse than when you're covering a game and you're just yourself and you're up against the clock and you're maybe asking, you, you know, fans in the, in the ground, who did you see who got the final touch there? They don't really know, they don't really care, but you, you care because you want to get it right. right. Uh, but at least when you're in a press box where, you know, Maybe five or six others. There's there's a chance that it will go it'll, uh, go the right way, or at least we'll be consistent. If we're go- all going to be wrong, we'll be consistent. I remember when I was when I was a young man trying to get uh, get my way in media. I uh, did some shadowing of Alistair Fraser. Ah, indeed. Some, some games. Um, another another North Sport stalwart. Alistair's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Ross County fan. You but... were in the you would be in the press box, and you would always go out at halftime to get the pies, and then you bring the pies in for everybody else. That's right. That's right. I forgot to get the best pies. 
That seemed to be my duty, didn't it? <laughs> You're being a pie boy, were you? <laughs> <laughs> I must have had nothing to do at halftime. I wish it was like that now. I remember, I remember. I don't know who used to run the media, Charlie, but I remember Bill Lecky um, yeah. of the Sun came in the reception or something once, and he said, uh, said to the guy, uh, Bill Lecky, the Sun, and the guy goes, "I thought you said you were a journalist." <laughs> I don't know who that was. I don't know who said that. Fair play to him. What is what's the best football ground for for you for you know for for whatever reason? What's your favourite one you like to you like to get sold, told you're off to at the weekend? Morton, yeah, Chalky, yeah, it's your favourite, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, certainly, I preferred Morton uh, just press wise in the last visit because I had the fear of going to Morton because my visits last year there were no powerpoints or Wi-Fi, and uh, you know the, the game that went all the way to penalties. Um, you know, you're running out of juice and you, you're looking at the clock and you're, you're hoping that it's going to last enough for you to get your, your copy through. But uh, on the last visit, I was delighted to see that they'd sorted that. And I, I like old-style old grounds like that. And um, Doogie, Doogie Emery was pleased to see me after, after the game as well, given his team had won in the fashion that they, they did as well. But um, When we were interviewing Gardner, he said that Dodds was surprised that nobody asked him what happened oh. with the Ridgers incident. So we said we would say to you, Chalky, why did you not ask him about the Ridgers incident? Oh. You just, <laughs> did you shit it? Did you shit the bed? <laughs> well, we all, we all shot ourselves, didn't we? Yeah, I never asked it either. So. Uh, well, what happened was um, sometimes you get a, you get a sense as to whether a manager is going to develop an answer or not. Um, and it was quite quite clear. Uh, by by which time we knew that he'd spoken to the BBC and said it was a private matter. So by the time he came up to speak to the, the written guys, um, you, you know, the question was just put to so Mark Rogers was he injured or, or what? And he, the answer was no. Next question, and yeah. you know, where do you go? You could press it further, but you're probably not going to get anywhere. So um, yeah. Uh-huh. It, Choose your battles for another day, don't you? There's no point. Exactly, yeah. We knew it was one we could follow up next week. And to be fair to, to Billy, he came out and, and spoke um, about it. But I, th- I, I think he was probably wrong to, to to do what he did. But we've talked about that. Okay, right, coming up next, head to head. Where do you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alpins, the Sicilian, the Jolly Trooper, the Castle Tavern, Cupcus Jocksters, Dimes and Gallons, the City Bar, number 27, Phoenix Slaughters, Love to Love, King Exchange, and Mambo's Hush, Heepies, Jeepies, Gunnies, Rileys, Burgies, Kilmore, Hoop and Ani. Two minutes each, opposing arguments, the adjudicators decide who wins. So an example would be, say, what if you pitted Billy Dodd's best side, so that would be the team that finished last season against, say, John Robertson's best team. So that would be the 18-19 season, probably, where we finished third um, due to the 19-20 season being curtailed early. So, Stevie, you take Dodsey. Andrew, you take Robbo. And fight! Right, Andrew, sit back. Get your popcorn out because uh, there's one winner here, right? So last season, probably the best ever start in the league campaign. I don't think you can uh, disagree with that. I mean, look at this year, we'd obviously done well in the League Cup, but again, the league start last season, fantastic. Winning every week, scoring goals, great signings. I mean, the signing of Broadfoot last season, Gardine, who was our best player up to the incident, which again, we fell off track, but again, 
if you look at our defence, Broadfoot for me was our best signing last season. He made these divine, far better players. We had a rough patch, right? And I think that can be down to injuries and also the incident, which we don't talk about in the podcast. But with such a good start that even after that horrendous run, I think 11 games and no wins, was it 11? I think it was. To then come back, to finish strongly, to finish in the playoffs. Six games in three weeks, or two weeks, was it? And be 45 minutes away from the Premier League. I think Dawes' first season in charge, I know he's been in football 20 years. He's still a rookie manager. I think if we didn't have the incident and certain injuries, you look at Shane Sutherland being injured, Roddy McGregor, Scott Aldice injured. We were lucky when Scott was injured that Reese McAleer came in because if Scott wasn't injured, we wouldn't have seen Reese, who turned out to be a, a great sort of late-season player. But if you're putting this team up against Andrew's um, offering in a, in a second or two, there's no, there's, there's, there's no debate. Cracking season, probably more ups than downs last season. Those three weeks at the end of the season were fantastic, albeit went short against St Johnston. But yeah, I'd love that team again this season. But it seemed like an age ago, Andrew, and it was only a few months ago. So there's my offering. Perfect. Back at you. Back the tennis ball over the over the net there to Mr. Young. Throw stats later. Oh. He's got stats up his sleeve here. You can tell. But <laughs> no, actually, the the stats, in fact, are incredibly misleading, and we tend to support your uh, argument, which is otherwise full of holes. Um, Thank you. Stats Let's are cheese. The stats are um, that we finished last season on fifty nine points, having won sixteen, and we finished 2018-2019 on fifty six points, having won only fourteen and drawn fourteen. However. The league was significantly stronger in 2018-19. Um, Dundee United had uh, Shankland up front, Lauren Shankland up front. Roy McGregor, as usual, was pouring his vast amounts of money into county just to make sure they go straight back up. I don't remember on top of that that we had to juggle a run uh, which got us to the semi-final of the Scottish Cup um, when we beat both of those sides, by the way, as well as playing in the league. Um, last season, we relied far too heavily on lone players and just individual moments of magic. I mean, you talk about the running. Okay, the first five games was great, although some of those games could have gone either way. We've got the rub of the green. Then we had that long period of doing very little. And then in the final few games of the season, how many of those 59 points did outrageous goals from Logan Chalmers and Reese McAleer get us in the running? And even then, Chalmers was anonymous for large parts of those games. You know, he'd pop up, score a goal, and then go back to kind of playing with his hair on the, on the touchline. So I think, you know, if you compare that to the team in 2018-19, when they were on it, they dominated games in a way that we never did that season. The cup games against County, um, that playoff game against Ayr, you know, I think that was a team that, and the, the 3-1 win against Ayr earlier that season, I think that was a team that um, really intimidated and cowed opponents in a way that last season's team very rarely did, apart from Morton once. Um, you had kind of these kind of bizarre things happening that year, like Joe Chalmers having this sort of Anis Mirabilis, the one good season of his entire career, absolutely strolling it in the centre of the park. He actually got a move to a top flight um, team on the strength of it and then promptly was revealed to be an imposter. Liam Polworth, uh, Jamie McCart, Jordan White all went on in the back of that season to become top flight players, um, two of whom are still successful top flight players, and then there's Liam Polworth, who's a less successful top flight player. Um, none of our players from last season have gone in to do that yet, I'm sure. Austin Samuels, Allardyce, Roddy McGregor, Robbie Dees might be capable of it, but they're all still developing. They're not there yet. We had Jamie McCarr and Cole Donaldson, who were probably our best centre-back pairing uh, in the Championship. Tom Walsh was on his best form for us that season. And above it all, we had Sean Rooney, and that is the clincher. Sean oh, Rooney that. is a difference right there. 
If you put Sean Rooney into last year's squad, they might just edge it as it is because he was there, they edge it. And if you don't believe that, then you're being unfaithful to the man you love. <laughs> in, oh, yeah, exactly. No, listen, I, I was hoping you wouldn't mention Sean because I've got no comeback. The guy could win the World Cup single-handedly and if you saw his goals yesterday for Fleetwood, he's on fire. So, yeah, there's one he scored two there. goals? Did he scored two goals? Two goals. He just scored a third goal, yeah. Uh, right, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be the adjudicator for this one. I'm going to leave that one to our, our special guest. So, who who's the winner there, Chalky? And would what team? What I don't know if I've asked. What team would win out of those two teams? Who would win? Robo's team's got more character, more big characters. More more match runs than Robo's team. I'll give you that. Aye. Yeah, Aye. yeah. I think I think it'd be a two-one win for Robo's team. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Stevie put up a, a great argument. But I think Andrew Young blasted back with a staunch. Uh, attack. Um, I think he's, he's, you know, you know, that was a terrific t- team that, and I think backed up superbly well by, by uh, what Andrew said. So yeah, uh, you kind of forget, you know, the years just kind of goodbye when with with having COVID in between it as well. You tend to forget, you know, how, how good a side that was. And yeah, um, chalky that defence of Donaldson and yeah. I think Brad Mc, Brad McKay sometimes is frightening. That is as horrible mm. to watch now. They did uh, actually concede more than, than our defence last season, to be fair. For all me saying that that was our best centre-back. I was devastated when we lost Cole Donaldson, and Jesus, what a player he's turned out not to be. But um, no, nah, I agree. Um, yeah, just for Rooney. That's all. That's the only reason they won it, Chucky. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll happily concede to and defeat to Andrew in that one. Thank Good you. Very kind. Although I would say that the people that I work with in Glasgow, uh, Chucky, would would, uh, would be horrified if uh, they heard any of my arguments being described as staunch. Um, no <laughs> soul, rubber bumpers. Brothers and sisters, we've got ICT, WFC, we've got the under-18s, we've got the under-16s. What's been happening out with Billy Dodd's side? We've delved into the results of, of all these teams uh, over the last month. Uh, but first, let's do something we haven't done yet. Let's have a little look at the, the Lone Stars. Um, Ali Riddle and, and Robbie Thompson are currently alone at Clark McCudden. So far, I think this season, Robbie Thompson's been playing left midfield. He's got 14 starts and he's got... Uh, two goals, and more importantly, I think he's got five assists. So apparently he's he's doing very, very well there. Uh, well, Ali Riddle, I think he's got seven seven appearances, but he also has got a couple of assists as well. So they're both doing quite well, despite Clark being probably further down the table than, than you would think. Have you seen Clark this season, Paul? Yeah, only caught them once, to, to be fair, um, in, in recent times. But... Um, no, I, I can I can't. Oh, Strasbourg game wasn't chalky, eh? Was that the it other was week? Strasbourg, yeah, just right. a couple of weeks ago. Strasbourg had won that one, but um, no, I think that the, the feedback t- t- tends to be that you know they have been uh, progressing fairly well, both both of them. You know, I think um, the big thing is the uh, being close at hand. The um, the the club keep uh, tabs on them, and you know there's regular feedback, and I think that they seem fairly well settled under Jordan McDonald at uh, Grant Street. So um, yeah, so far so good. Um, and interesting, um, you know that the number of starts is it Robbie Thompson? Did you say he's got the yeah yeah fourteen yeah? So it's good. Um, also Harry Henham, he's on loan at Wick Academy. I think he's had seven starts. He's got one goal. Uh, Ethan Cairns, he's at Forest. 
He's got 16 starts, three goals, and actually got two man of the matches as well. Uh, and Lewis Nicholson, uh, he's on loan at Elgin, and he's got six starts and he's got one assist. Yeah, Lewis Nicholson's, um, I know, I covered Elgin a fair bit, and Gavin Price, the Elgin manager, has been really impressed with the, the way he's come in and kind of filled that, that gap. And there's great competition uh, at the back, but um, he's kind of added quality despite his age. So, um, you know, he's a... A, a young player that Gavin actually feels will, will make a, an impact rather rather than just it being a one way benefit. Uh, what about the the boys under 18s and under 16s team, Stevie? Have you have you got a wee update from from Ryan Essen or or Ross? I, I spoke to Ryan and uh, I spoke to him yesterday as well. So this was he sent me info before yesterday, but they won they won three 0 down at Morton on Friday, so a good uh, away win. But yeah, as, as it stands at the moment, they played eleven games, they're on twenty points, joint top. With St Johnston, uh, come on, just been with a game less, but yeah, Ryan's been pleased with him playing. I, I know Ross helps out as well with 18 sometimes, but I think the only sort of blip in the last couple of months, they were really disappointed against St Johnston in the cup at the stadium. I think that's one where when the boys get onto the pitch, Ryan likes them to sort of emphasize and, and sort of show their talents, so also be a bigger crowd there, but yeah, disappointed in the cup. But I mean, they're playing teams like Kilmarnock, I mean, who else is in the league up there? Kilmarnock. St Johnston, part of Cecil have got a great academy, bigger budgets as well. Every week our boys are outperforming these teams as well. And um, there's a good cup run last year as we, we spoke to Ryan about in the pod. And yeah, I think it's something interesting. I mean, Cal Mackay, who's um, Dan's younger brother, looks a player. Uh, obviously, Matthew Strachan. A couple of boys are now getting first team um, starts as well and, and appearances. And yeah, the future looks pretty bright. And uh, yeah, Ryan's hopeful of a, a successful season. Great. Okay. Um, let's move on to ICT WFC, a recent 3 2 win over Dryborough with goals from Rhea Hossack and a brace from Kayleigh McKenzie. Uh, but unfortunately, days before, they were reprimanded by the SWF, I think they're called, uh, after the club fielded an ineligible player for their championship in League One Cup tie against Dryborough on the 30th of October. Um, so I think they were fined £100 and, uh, and Dryborough advanced to the stages of the competition. They were thrown out. So. Um, Commiserations to them, but these things happen, and, and, and it's been seen in the Highland League and even in the SPFL in recent times. So commiserations to them. But but good news with the girls under 18s. The two one win over Grampian on the fifth of October, sorry fifth of November, meant they were crowned league champions with goals from Orla Evans and Rhiannon Abraham. Is that the correct pronunciation? We'll take it. Okay, uh, and the under 16s got a four 0 win over Turriff recently. Oh, and the under-14s uh, beat Nairn 5-3 in Nairn. That's where the real magic is. A youth game uh, away in Nairn, a 5-3 win. Fantastic. You got no soul, you rubber bumpers! Spit that! Well, well, well. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time, you let in light and banish shade. I bloody hope so. I bloody hope we'll be banishing the shade. Uh, December is looking like Ayr, Sterling, Dundee, Hamilton, Hamilton and Partick. Let's look at Ayr on the 19th of November. Um, maybe this will be played by the time someone's listening to this. Our home form is not good. Their away form is very good, having won four from six and scored, I think, 12 on the road. road so there's likely goals in this one. Um, what does Dodgy need to do or who does he need to have back to have the best chance of winning or getting anything from this one? 
we need, I think, pace in the wide areas if we can get it. But that's, you know, I have no idea if there's any chance of Samuels or Mackay being fit. But um, Aira definitely get at the ball at the back. No Air fans are particularly convinced by their fullback options at the moment. Um, I think it's Reading on the left-hand side and it's either Houston or McAllister on the right-hand side. And I don't think any of them have really convinced the um, play, the, the Air supporters. And Sean McGinty, I think, is still starting in the middle of defence. Um, so uh, I, I think, you know, if we could be really aggressive and run at them, then, you know, they are they are get-at-able, definitely. Um, we saw that against Hamilton on Friday night. The problem is, of course, that they've got Akinyemi up front, and I think he's the best player in the division at the moment. You know, I've heard him described as a cheat code in a couple of, by a couple of people, and you just saw that. Two absolutely wonderful finishes on Friday night, um, and with us looking um, a little bit unconfident at the back, you can see him scoring, and unfortunately, at the moment, I can't necessarily see us scoring. But that's what we need to do. We just need to get right on top of them because they, you know, they're they're not unbeatable. So, I mean, would Billy Dodds subscribe to? Uh, would he take a draw now and go into the Scottish Cup tie where a gap at six points? I think he probably would, um, because we've seen Air United on, on Friday, and you guys are right. You know, and Lee Bullen, uh, manager, I really rate for his his. Um, Pardon the pun, honesty about his team. You know, he said they didn't play well at all. Hamilton were, were the better team. They even recovered from a, a goal that should have stood and came right back. And John Rankin um, can be happy despite being bottom of the league and be confident that Hamilton might just dig themselves out of trouble. But from an air point of view, coming up to Inverness, you know, it takes me back to just a, a little while ago when Partick the so came up to Inverness. And I had the fe- feeling from a reporter's point of view uh, that Stevie's got now about air coming up because I, I didn't think for, for the first time in ages, I went into this convinced that Partick Thistle were going to be beating Cali Thistle that night because of the, the firepower that they've got now. Partick have got goal options from all over. Um, air have mainly got it from, from one man, of course, Akin Yemo. But uh, what I would say is that, you know, Partick Thistle, you know, left with a 1-0 defeat and Cali Thistle, uh, you know, are already kind of uh, using that, uh, talking about it, that, um, you know, they need to kind of draw inspiration from that, but it's going to take one massive performance and a massive performance that might not, you know, secure three points. But I think, as I say, I think they would take one and stay within, you know, six points of there. Okay. Uh, 26th of November, Sterling at home uh, in the Cup. Um, Only the main stand's open for this one. They're going good in Division 2. They've won four of their seven away games so far this season. They scored 12 goals in the process. Dale Carrick is the man scoring those goals. This is actually a tough game and one we need to win if we want to get a cash injection or potentially a big draw in the next round, isn't it? Clearly the intention is is to win the the league, which seems a long way off at the moment, but the Cups are mightily important for the reasons that you said, not just the the prestige, but mainly the the money and what that can offer Billy Dodds. So um, Stirling is a very dangerous game. I don't know how many times I've, don't have it in front of me, how many times you've played Stirling now, but they're dangerous opponents. And it looked as if Dumbarton were running away with League Two until Stirling got involved in in that. But they had a wee setback at at the weekend. You know, they lost to Annan, which was quite unexpected, which uh, has uh, allowed Dumbarton to open up a a little bit of a gap again. But yeah, it's a dangerous fix Jim Kelly, so need to be, they really need to treat it as a top end championship game, treat it seriously, and I'm, I'm sure they they will when it comes round. I think in any other year, this would be a game you'd rest a few players if we'd a squad, but we'd have the luxury, which adds a wee bit more pressure, doesn't it? You know, guys who think maybe normally this would be a weekend off, and I'm not saying you would take them lightly, but I'm sure you would get about two or three changes. We can't, I mean, it's, it'll be the same team again, it'll be the same team against air as it do you was. Think so? do, you think, do you think there isn't a, t- I think there is a temptation to 
to play some younger players in this and, and possibly downplay the game. Depends the result, well, Andrew. I think it depends how happens here. If we lose or we yeah. draw with here, he's he, he, as you said, when he gets through in the cup, I, I think yeah, he, he won't risk it. But if we beat here, you never know, it might change. Okay. Third uh, of December, Dundee at home, um, which is a few weeks down the road, and, and you hope that a win would finally be on the cards because if it isn't and there's not a win in the previous two games, that I think would be eight games without a win. Um, and Dundee are, f- are formidable uh, away from home. They've only lost two on the road all season. Paul McMullen is a potential danger man. He's got more assists than anybody, anybody else in the league. Uh, Roberts Robinson, I think he plays up front. He's not prolific, but he does have five goals, uh, which is the same as our top goal scorer. Thoughts? Um, I'm quite nervous about this one. I think they're really starting to gel now. Um, three wins and two draws in the last five, um, which is definitely an improvement in form. You mentioned Zach Robinson. He scored a double yesterday, apparently. And he, he was excellent, apparently. They've got out their youth product guy called um, is it Josh Mulligan who plays in behind the two strikers who's apparently you know a really really dangerous player the sort of player you know skillful player that's going to that's going to frighten you know our, our central defenders I think it's got another new center called Tyler French who apparently also played really well yesterday and then you, you know you mentioned Paul McMullen who's obviously a good player but they've actually got a whole lot of players who are proven at this level as being very very good performers at this level so Cammy Kerr Jordan McGee are guys that have been there for years have played a level up maybe struggled a bit there but at this level I think are, are among the strongest in the division so I think the Dundee are you know we're going to see a, a much stronger much better Dundee kind of Dundee challenging I wouldn't be surprised if they do come through in the second half of the season and win it so if we get anything here it's a good result Okay uh, and why take one trip to the sphincter of central Scotland when you can take two Hamilton away on the 10th of December and then Hamilton away again on the 17th of December. Absolutely, absolutely shit. I'm not having you bash in South Lanarkshire. Listen, there's more, more places than Hamilton here, so settle down. The, the Royal Borough Bisco Bride is far above that shithole. But yeah, it's for me, it's it's, 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 the, it's home ties I'm ever going to get this season. But um, I'm not, I, I was praying that as much as I hate the Colts, we were talking about this, I wanted Rangers to beat them so I could get a different away day. You know, we all know about your love for Dumbarton more if you love it. Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, they, they don't really like you coming back, but you also make your presence known. But <laughs> it's uh, aye, it's, it's the worst away day. It's it's shit for a lot of reasons. Pubs are shit. The ground's terrible. They've got no fans. It's the Diddy Cup, so it's going to be a poor attendance. Even worse for Hamilton. But yeah, I'll be there. Um, yeah, in the sphincter, as you called it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like a little run the Challenge Cup. People slag it off, but. Do you know what? It's a it's a it's a, an attainable cup, and uh, yeah. The only thing I will say about the, the Challenge Cup is when Cali Thistle uh, were promoted the first time around, they they took the Challenge Cup in the same season. We right. Robbo and Parky and Ross County went up with uh, Kettlewell and Fergie a few years ago. They won the Challenge Cup as well. I think at the Caledonian Stadium. Um, in f- fact, so um, you know. It can. It's just about getting that winning habit, you know. And if it's a different competition, it's hardly the Scottish Cup, but at least it, you know, it can build confidence. When perhaps the if there's a wee stutter in the league, that might be the one that sparks you into form. So um, I had to get the Barn shocking when we beat the Barn. We got a little that's push right. for that, if you remember. We didn't yeah. obviously go up, but we, we we started a run after that final. Yeah, so it's all all in the time, and it can work. But I, I do appreciate the success of trips to Hamilton. Um, Aren't hugely happy with What's the uh, What's the chances we we win the Challenge Cup game and we lose the league game? Hype, yeah, very yeah. high, probably very high. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, and finally, Friday the twenty third of December, Partick away, goals galore, gracious Glasgow hosts, good place to watch football, plenty of pubs, uh, Christmas time, 
you know, even you know, if we're still playing poorly and not winning games, you know, it's Christmas time. We'll just go out and enjoy ourselves, won't we? Moff and I, we were never getting a pass for um, Christmas Eve games with kids. Not a so, chance. Um, not a chance. I'm delighted. I've got my my, my last Christmas day out, which will be the twenty third. So, no, it's great. It's, it, do you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to the day at morning of the game because I think we could see. Uh, depending on how games go before it, I think I'm as nervous about that game as Andrew is about Dundee at home. I'm, I'm always worried when we play this little way now. Yeah, well, of course, when I interviewed Sean Welsh, after the Queen's Park game, the, the word that he used quite a lot was gifts, gifts of goals. We hope it's not going to be any Christmas gifts for Partick by then, you know, and the way things are going for Partick, you know, and they might have a new manager by then, you know, Ian McCall needs to turn their fortunes around and quickly. Okay, competition time, the return of competition time. Uh, before we do, I'll tell you what this competition is. I think we've got the Cami Harper shirt to announce. So without further ado, right, the winner of the match-worn pink Cami Harper shirt is... So the random name drawn from a hat this month and the lucky winner of Cami's um, match-worn away shirt is Stuart Speed. Congratulations, Stuart. We'll get that in the post to you ASAP. Superb, congratulations. And what is it that we're going to be giving away on this pod, Stevie? Drumroll. So, yep, we've got, well, it's, it's, it's a new one, actually. It's this season's home shirt, so it'll be the one, one of three new uh, prizes that the club have uh, kindly donated to us. So thanks to Scott and the team for, for throwing those up for us. So it'll be a signed home shirt, and the winner gets to choose which player they want on the back, and the, that player will sign it. So it's up to the the potential winner, who they want, and uh, yeah, we'll get that shipped off to them and we'll announce the winner next month. So good luck to everyone. Super, super duper. Okay, that's all from us for now. We hope you've enjoyed this one. Uh, I'd like to think that we might be back for a for a regular Christmas special, but I'm, I'm moving house and I'm going to be homeless for a few weeks, so we might have to forego the usual once in Daisy Ross's city puns this year. Um so what we will definitely have out, as I said earlier in the pod, the special Q&A pod with Scott Gardner, the Supporters Trust in Section 94, uh, which we'll be releasing very shortly, which answers all the questions of the day, West End coverings, concerts, finances, potential signings, injuries, everything you can think of. Um, until, so until then, uh, Chalky, thank you very much for coming on. Hope you've thank enjoyed you yourself. Much. Thank you. Yep. You, have you enjoyed yourself? Oh, sorry. Yes, I have. Usually, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good prompt there, mate convincing um, okay so it's bye from them say bye everybody bye. bye it's bye from me we're all off to watch the World Cup because it's got to be better than watching Cali Thistle at the moment until next time take care of yourselves and each other and bye for now yep yep